Hi, and welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I'm your host, Kate Noel. I love honest health and wellness, and I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome or welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. My name is Kate Noel, and it is the end-ish of January. So, I have been participating in dry January, not consuming any alcohol this month, and it really inspired me to make this podcast and record an episode on alcohol. I think that alcohol is a topic that's not, it's a little bit like nuanced, and I don't think a lot of people talk about alcohol specifically in relation to eating disorders. And I wanted to, I I am by no means a professional resource when it comes to um, alcohol or eating disorders. I am just speaking from my own personal experience. Um, But I really felt inspired by my own dry January month to record this podcast and maybe shed some light on um, my experience with alcohol while I was in my um, eating disorder recovery and how it affected my relationship with food, really how it affect, how alcohol did affect my relationship to myself in general, but especially to my relationship with food and relationship with my body and my sense of self. I have not really talked much about alcohol um, on this podcast. Uh, here and there I'll talk about it, but it feels... Um, it's a hard one, right? It, all these topics are hard um, to talk about, but it's not hard for me to talk about. Um, but, you know, I think there is a lot of shame in talking about people's relationships with alcohol, their relationships with food. It's a very personal relationship and dynamic. Um, and so I wanted to open up my, about my story a little bit more, and maybe that can inspire you to... Um, think differently about your own journey. Um, So yeah, like I said, I've been doing dry January. I'm not sober from alcohol. I still have alcohol, Um, but it's not something I have that often. um, And my relationship with it now is way different than what it was before, previously. I want to start by stating, I want to say some statements that I hope will release the stigma around them a bit. Five statements here. Yeah, let's do it. Number one, I used to restrict my intake of food before drinking. Before a night of drinking. Two, I used to use drinking alcohol as a means to allow myself to eat. Three, I used to use drinking alcohol as a means to purge and blamed alcohol for that behavior. Three, wait, that was three. Four, I used to abuse hangovers in an effort to consume less food. So I would blame, I would restrict and blame it on the fact that I felt hungover. Five, I would use alcohol to numb the pain that my eating disorder caused me or pain in my life in general. So those are five statements and I want to just talk about each of these just to destigmatize them if there's any of them that you might relate to. I want to just talk about my experience because maybe that will help you feel less alone. 
So I used number one is I used to use restrict my intake of food before drinking alcohol. I think this is quite common. Unfortunately, I hear about it a lot, and I used to do this. I used to restrict my food calories because I knew I was going to be drinking, and drinking is empty calories, so to speak, whatever that means. But um, I always heard that term, like you know, drinking is just drinking calories, and you can drink up to like an entire meal's worth of calories. You know, I used to hear all all this stuff like that. Now, this is back in the day where calories meant a lot to me and now they don't mean anything to me. So now my perspective on the types of calories I was consuming and actually what was going on is very different than what it was back then. Back then, it was calories in versus calories out, so to, so to speak. Calories in versus calories burnt. Um, or metabolized. And now I consider my food philosophy is way more about how I feel. It's about if I'm really going to analyze the foods I'm eating, which I don't do, but if I really am, I think about fiber intake. I think about fruits and vegetables and grass-fed meats and protein. I think about um, things that really matter. And when it comes to alcohol, I think about alcohol as something to pair with food, a nice red wine with a nice dinner, or um, if I really want to consider alcohol as a means of celebrating, then I consider it that. I don't consider it a part of my like caloric intake of the day. Um, like I said, it's not like I count my caloric intake, but if I consider um, the relationship I have with calories and alcohol, it doesn't mean the same thing it used to mean. Um, so that's kind of my explanation. Not that any of these need an explanation, but that's my kind of sort of debrief on the first point. Second point is I used to use drinking alcohol as a means to allow myself to eat. So this is more so being drunk um, and having that lack of judgment. And, you know, we have, we have that. If you've ever been drunk before, you might have experienced this where you have a lack of judgment. And a lot of people can see this as a really good thing and a very freeing thing. And then a lot of times it can also come with a lot of regret and lack of thinking about consequences. So this lack of judgment, especially when I was in college, um, was I just allowed myself to eat. Um, people were late night eating anyways, you know, 2 a.m. meals. And obviously like circling back to point number one, I was pretty hungry when I'd go into drinking and really hungry. And so, of course, I would be like unable to stop myself from drink or from eating when everyone around me was eating or when I was just so hungry and I had this like lack of judgment. And I really want to talk about, I'll talk more about this, but really like alcohol, you know, and eating disorders for me and for so many people, they can kind of coincide in that the feelings and the um, the feelings of, of restriction and, and binging can kind of coincide with me and drinking and food. It all kind of felt very similar. Um, so that's something I would do. And it never felt good. So not only would I feel really crappy the next day because I would be hungover um, and not clear, but I would also be kind of sick from from, you know, eating a lot of food and eating a lot of food at once and not feeling good. And then mentally was obviously 
very challenging for me as well um, to feel sick with too much alcohol and also feel sick from the just from just restricting all day and then eating a lot um, at night that didn't feel good and then not sleeping so just a triple whammy okay three I used to use drinking alcohol as a means to purge and blamed alcohol. Oh, this one's obviously, well, they're all obviously a big deal, but this one really hurt me in the past, like physically and mentally so much. I remember drinking a lot and, you know, getting to using it as a form of almost like bulimia, which is really, really bad for obviously my physical and mental health. And, um, there's really not much to say here besides that that is obviously extremely dangerous for, for many, many, many reasons. Um, whether it's food-related or alcohol-related, it's, you know, a very extreme measure um, and something I think should be acknowledged and talked about. Okay, four. I used to use hangovers in an effort to consume less food um again just another form or another condition of restrictive behavior um where i think it's kind of common to either restrict food while you're hungover or eat uh, fast food or something like that um and i really used to use that stigma and the way i felt um, and maybe even exaggerate the way i felt in an effort to um, rationalize restrictive eating. Not good. Um, and then five, last one, um, using alcohol to numb the pain that my eating disorder or pain in my life in general. Um, you know, this is something that I think many, many people struggle with in general when it comes to their relationship with alcohol and with eating stuff. And like I said, so many of my eating challenges, there were mirrors to my relationship with alcohol and vice versa. So using the, it was almost like a more um, society accepted this, especially while I was in uh, college and I was partying a lot and all the people around me were partying and drinking and abusing alcohol. It was more normalized to, a, norm, a more normalized way to numb than, you know, having an eating disorder was. So that's something that I feel is appropriate to acknowledge um, in general. So those are the five sort of statements that I wanted to make. Um, and they're not statements that I necessarily feel proud to say, but they're statements that I think are really necessary to, again, like release the shame and stigma around it and kind of open up the conversation or open up, obviously this isn't a conversation, but open up maybe your ideas of of what would you know what's more common than you might think and and if whatever helps you feel less alone you know that's something that i definitely relate to i'll leave some research down below but there is some research that suggests that um nearly 50 percent of people with an eating disorder are also abusing drugs and or alcohol so it's obviously a big problem um and something that i think needs to be talked about more and i wanted to just talk about what I did to help myself heal from this relationship um, with alcohol and maybe it would help you a little bit um, to make better decisions for yourself and get the support that you need. 
So there are a couple things that really helped me. Number one was getting support and being honest with the people around me with my team. I ended up going to eating disorder treatment. I ended up getting therapy. I had a dietitian. I had a team. I had professional help. And I was really honest about my relationship with alcohol and how it affected my eating habits and my recovery in general. So I actually stopped drinking during my recovery. I didn't drink at all. Um, it wasn't, if I did, it wasn't, it wasn't often. I really didn't um, celebrate like I was before. I wasn't partying like I was before. I was really focused on healing my relationship with food. And I had to be really honest with myself that when I introduced alcohol into the picture, it always affected me. Even if it was just a mental and not a physical impact, it was enough that made me feel unsafe with my own recovery and my own recovery. Um, and that's something that I really needed to accept that reality. Um, and I knew that this was a choice I was making to not consume it, to not consume alcohol or drugs. And that it was, it, it was something that I could reassess in the future. Um, and I had to trust in the recovery process and that the recovery process for me was temporary and I would be able to reassess if it was something I wanted to have in my life in the future or not. Like I said, it is something I have in my life, but I really had to stop drinking. I really had to get help and I really had to be honest with my my team. I also feel like it was so important for me in general, even after I went to treatment, when I started to occasionally have like a glass of wine here or there to totally like glamorize eating dinner before going out and, and making sure I really focused on supporting myself and going out with my friends um, or whoever with a full tummy or having it with having alcohol with a meal um, and making sure I was really actively eating enough throughout the day and eating enough before or during any sort of drinking. I also pr uh, regularly practice like dry months, like dry, this dry January is not something that is unusual for me. I do a lot of seasons of my life where I just kind of take a break from it. And in general, that always helps to kind of reprioritize my mind and get me on a more healthy mindset, especially after the holiday season was was kind of a lot of partying. And, you know, it's not inherently bad. I think to consume alcohol doesn't make you wrong or right of a person. I think it's, for me, it's so much more about my intention behind it and whether or not I feel like I'm using it in a way that's, um, it's, it's, it's a powerful substance. So it's like whether or not I'm using it um, or, you know, using it out of self-love or drinking it with self-love or with enjoyment versus like my mindset. And I think that goes the same with like food sometimes, like it really depends on your mindset. Um, and it depends on my mindset. There is this kind of term, it's not like a diagnosable term, but it's called drunkorexia and it's kind of being thrown around. So I know it's being more talked about. It's not diagnosable itself, but it's become like a blanket term for what I've been talking about this entire time, eating less, compensate, um, or just any sort of like behavior used in combination with alcohol and the effects that the alcohol has on you, which again can really increase the risk for very, very serious consequences, alcohol poisoning, dehydration, malnutrition, um, and mental mental stress and mental pain. I think 
especially now there's so much marketing around skinny or like low calorie options or the easily countable calorie options with like the cans and stuff. And it's really easy to almost make, I think, alcohol feel kind of like a novelty these days and like make it um, as little sort of damage, so to speak, on the body as possible. I'm so glad that nowadays there's so many um, sober alternatives with like adaptogens and really interesting like mocktails and um, alcohol-less beverages that kind of still feel like you're drinking, but um, don't obviously have any alcohol in them. And I think more so than anything, I really needed to think about my future because when I was in this mindset, I wasn't even thinking about the consequences of tomorrow. Um, you know, I was really impulsive. I had a really impulsive behavior and a really impulsive mindset. Um, and I really needed to consider what my future looked like. And that kind of came with like maturing, recovering, loving myself, considering myself tomorrow. It was really a consideration of self. Um, and I truly believe that like, if you are in a group of friends or you feel pressure to drink um, in any sort of way, I think it's like so important to reevaluate who you're spending your time with. And for me, like I truly went to such a party school that I had to really, I mean, I had to leave school and then I needed to take a break. And that's obviously not saying that's what I recommend to drop out of school, but to really like reassess who your close circle is and like what the people around you are spending time doing and whether you're 21 or 51, like it doesn't matter. It's important, I think, to like reassess um, your circle of friends to see if these people around you are supportive of your recovery in general, um, whether or not you're drinking, but especially like anyone who is against you experimenting with less alcohol um, is probably not somebody who you like would, at least it's not somebody who I would want to have around or hang around that much. And I would kind of ask myself why this person was so interested in me, um, you know, being like drunk or drinking with them and, and how that might just be more of a personal thing rather than a genuine care um, of me as a person. And you never know who you might inspire by drinking less it could be like i personally can still go out and have the time of my life and dance like a crazy person and have a really really good time without needing to drink so i know that that's and and of course it's not again it's not like a black and white thing for me it's um something i've reintroduced into my life but um it's something that i I love to be mindful of and manage and something I really wanted to talk about, especially as dry January comes to an end. It's not like I'm going to go and like go hard in February, but um, who knows? Maybe I'll keep going in February. Um, but I just wanted to make this podcast to um, share a little bit more about my journey with it and hopefully make you feel or help you feel less alone. Uh, so that's going to be it for today's podcast. If you enjoyed Feel free to leave me a rating and a review if you want to. Um, and thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you have an amazing rest of your January, your week, your day. And I'll see you next week. Bye for now.